The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey, Rockheads, sell your Manilow tickets and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 394 with guests Richard Costell and David McMahon. Recorded live Tuesday, October 21st, 2008. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, DNR TV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. Support is also provided by Telerik, combining the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. And by Data Dynamics. Makers of ActiveReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET Web applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who says, what happens in Las Vegas... Happens everywhere. Carl Franklin. Hey, this is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we're still at Dev Connections in Las Vegas, whooping it up and having fun. That's not really true. We're working. We're working hard. We are working. I mean, we're doing a lot of interviews. Yeah. But we are having a good time, too. Of course. There are parties at night and and a chance to meet with a lot of attendees and and just talk and talk and talk. And I find that when I come to places like this, I actually like to write code. Really? I actually like – I like to do more music than code when I'm in the studio. When I'm on the road with my laptop – Hunkered down in the speaker's lounge. That's where I, I don't know, I get the urge to write code. There's something about the speaker's lounge. It's very inspirational. You know, we got to do another speaker's lounge show. I'm thinking we'll record one this week. It's a great idea. Publish it in a couple weeks. Yeah, because it's the most amazing room to just, I mean, the luminaries. Who was in the room today? Dino Esposito was there. Dino was there. Um, uh, Kate. Uh, Julie Lerman. Julie Lerman. Uh, Kathleen Dollard. Kathleen Dollard. Was, was there as well. Uh, Jay Schmelzer sitting yeah, in the corner. Right. And the guy just working Stephen away. Stephen Taub. Yeah. And Stephen Taub was like sitting in the corner uh, in his own little world just doing his own email and stuff. I don't know. Maybe he ran out of we ran out of seats or he just wanted – Scott Hanselman was in there. Yeah. Um, so It's amazing. It, and so a Speaker's Lounge show is fun because it's just grab the folks that are there and the conversations that go on about – yeah. conferences and technology and, and it's amazing well, that's what dot net rocks really started as absolutely sort of the idea of the speaker's lounge listen to the these conversations it's a shame that we can't uh, share them 
Well, we can. Well, yes, we can. And we've been, we've done it 400-something times now. Uh, almost 400 now. So I'm thinking for the 400th show, we'll put together like a, a, a sort of a look back and do a few silly things like we did on the 100th show. Sure. We have some interviews that we promised would never see the light of day. <laughs> oh, and I'm thinking we'll just bring those out Pop for fun. Pop a couple of them out. Yeah. I'm All thinking right. like it uh, – Kimberly Tripp and Paul Randall's wedding party. Oh, man. At the party. Yeah. Yeah. We pulled that out, and there was some funny, interesting, some funny bits. interesting well, discussions. It's, a, it's an interesting challenge to be at 400 and think, uh, what do we talk about now? Yeah. What's, what's new? I mean, the technology just keeps rolling. But right. uh, by all means, send us an email. If you think there's something special we should do for the 400th show, send us an email at .NET rocks at franklins.net. Hey, don't forget to check out DevTeach, devteach.com. This is in Montreal. It's coming up the first week in December. And uh, we talked about it on Tuesday. Yeah. Or Wednesday, uh, I guess. Hey, the, the Canadian dollar's back down again. It's a bargain for U.S. folks who want to come up to Montreal. Fun city. Very English-speaking. Oh, I know it's in Quebec, but they all speak English there. Great food. Uh, so you get talk Great about a 20% life. discount right off the top because of the Canadian dollar rate. I believe there's a strip club right around the corner too that uh, uh julie lerman likes to take people to yes. for some reason well yeah montreal is a party town like it's a good great i place think she to took go. her husband there once for uh, his birthday <laughs> chez pierre <laughs> yes something like that <laughs> it's crazy it is crazy montreal smoked mead it's just it's a fun city but this is a very cool conference absolutely it's small it's intimate you get to meet everybody we all have lunch together they're giving away like a thousand dollars worth of software tools for anybody who signs up yeah so uh, devteach.com tell them you came from dotnet rocks let them know you uh, you want to be there and we're doing a uh, a panel discussion there. We are doing a panel discussion. I'm still trying to nail down the details, but yeah. uh, you know that's part we, of the fun of what we to talk originally about. wanted to talk about. Uh, you know what it's like to develop in another language, not another programming language, but another language, and a foreign language, in French. And, and the French guys came back and said, "It's not a big deal, guys. So it's I'll not take a five show. Minutes. Five minutes, and you're done." <laughs> okay. So we, you know, with Oranini and Ted Neward, we ought to find something to smack down about. Yeah, well, those Maybe guys we could get they're arguing together. anyway. Why don't we just turn on the, the recorder? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, roll this uh, conversation that we had a, a couple of weeks ago with the the, the Brits. Yes. These. The, this is a funny, funny talk. Well, those guys are out of control. Yeah. No nutritional value whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Maybe a little bit. Well, this ought to be a fun show because our guests are none other than Richard Costell and Dave McMahon. Rich and Dave are the Robin Hood and Will Scarlet of the UK developer community, and I did not write this. <laughs> Don't blame me. De swagging the rich to swag the poor. <laughs> Along with fellow co founder Little John Prince, they run Next Gen UG, the Next Generation User Group, an offline group focusing on all Microsoft technologies. Um, Richard Costell is a technical architect at FIRST, The Exchange, and Dave McMahon is a technical architect and network administrator at Rigian, R-I-D-G-I-A-N. They are both passionate about technology and community. Rich has just rolled out a retro Silverlight game, whilst Dave, after an international hit with the Ready Boost song in his eyes, which I'm sure we'll hear, is working on SharePoint and Workflow and is penning a song about functional programming. <laughs> oh, man. This ought to be a good one, folks. Yeah, dear, well, I must say, that, that video did actually have about, the Ready Boost video had about 208 viewings, international viewings, I'm sure. So, <laughs> You know, the last time I saw you guys, we were drinking bourbon in yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, that was Vegas. a mix, wasn't and it? mix. Mm. 
Well, you were there, Rich. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you caught me at the beginning of the, uh, Rich, you caught me yeah. at the beginning of the night, and that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we actually interviewed you on one of our next-gen podcasts as well then, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that was an yeah. epic night. Yeah, we had, we, had, we, had you, we had you on the show, that's right, yeah, and uh, did, did an interview. Well, you did the interview, Rich, I just yeah. blew it all together. So, <laughs> so the Ready Boost song, Dave. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so should we should we talk about the Ready Boost song? So I think Rich should do it, actually, to be honest, because oh. uh, he's, he's still actually a bit bitter about the whole, uh, whole affair, really. So over to you, Rich. <laughs> okay, so, so this comes about at uh, one of our meetings. Uh, that we had in Coventry, Next Gen Coventry, and it was a Vista office and exchange launch meeting. And what we did was we gave all the uh, delegates uh, a load of play toy money, and then we all had three-minute pitches in order to sell features of Vista office or exchange. And at the end of each round, we uh, we sort of went round with begging bowls and collected money. Uh, yeah. You have to do a lot of begging, Rich. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I did. Uh, well, I didn't until a point happened in the uh, in the evening's uh, event because I was I was in the lead, and there's a couple of rounds to go, and I just had some. I think I'd flip 3D and the ribbon to go, so I thought I was going to win and clean up, and then out came Dave in a fake wig, and he sung a song about Ready Boost. He brought he brought down the house. And all my hopes of winning the evening's event, <laughs> <laughs> and that is the um, the song is actually on uh, shrinkster dot com slash twelve j one. Shall we uh, listen? <laughs> well, you, well, you can you can uh, get it on there if you want. <laughs> you dare? <laughs> that that'll be two hundred and five then, Dave. <laughs> two hundred nine views. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, all right, here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, here's a little story. If you listen, you'll see about a great new feature that speeds up your PC. I've had PCs really motor. Some have really sucked. <laughs> my old man's PC don't do much. In fact, it's completely... (laughs) (laughs) He says really slow. He says that little blue round thing is always on the go. (laughs) I said, hey, that is something that Microsoft produced. He said, is it a new PC? I said, no, ready, (laughs) bust. Now, if your PC's struggling, do no matter what. Just take that USB key and stick it in a slot. And good old Windows Vista is clever as can be. And it can all grab that RAM and use its memory. <laughs> and now my old man's Vista is starts as it can be. He serves those dodgy websites just like you and me. <laughs> so if your PC is struggling, you've got Microsoft produced. Just take that USB key and use that ready. Wow, Benny Hill's got nothing on you. Oh, it's still a, it's still a... <laughs> Except the fact that he's dead. Yes, yes, and, and you never failed to bring it out, Rich. <laughs> that wig reminded me of Tech's symbol, actually. Here's a reference for you. No, no, oh, nothing man. compared to your uh, your YouTube video, Carl. So that was that was awesome. Oh, well, no, at least 
At least, except mine wasn't funny. <laughs> so it was Dave. Uh, there we go very good that's the ready boost song so uh, dave are you actually that big a fan of ready boost or you did you lose a bet and had to promote it it's just we 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 thought when we uh, just did the launch view uh meeting when we're planning it we said right let's just write down a bunch of stuff and divvy it up between uh, the four of us doing the uh, sessions and i said okay i'll do that one (laughs) and i really couldn't think of much to say about it so i thought what the heck Well, and it, the thing I found with Ready Boost course is that a you have to have a smoke and USB key, and, and b if you actually got a decent amount of memory in your machine, exactly. it just doesn't do anything. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I sort of uh, got a new USB key and I stuck it in the machine last night, and I thought, oh, let's, let's give it a bit of Ready Boost or whatever. I'm thinking, you know, if anything, I think it runs slower. <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so, so yeah, it, it, nothing, nothing particularly pertaining to uh, a love of Ready Boost. It just happened to be uh, I got the pick, of, pick of that particular one. So, I want to hear about your. So I want to hear about your Silverlight game. The Silverlight, yeah, game. Rich, come. Mm. Okay, yeah. So um, there's a, a myself and another guy, and uh, he's very much into XNA. He's really passionate about XNA, and I'm, you know, obviously the same as Silverlight. And um, we talked about writing a game because I think there's three. There's three sort of areas with, with Silverlight. One is media, which has been sort of proven with the Olympics. Then with Silverlight 2, we've got the, you know, like the line of business applications. But I think the third big um, opportunity for Silverlight is in gaming and viral gaming because of the amount of uh, emails you, you'll get that will be batting penguins and, and those kind of things. So um, we yeah. we decided to write this game, and it was basically a, a, a tribute to uh, a 1983 ZX Spectrum game called uh, Manic Miner. That was written by huh. this guy Matthew Smith in about six to eight weeks in his bedroom, and it was you know one of those games that and it was in the UK, but it just changed gaming on on a new level. It was a really great platformer. So we set about writing this game. Um, but we wanted to do it so it supported XNA and it supported Silverlight. Um, and the game itself features um, true sort of time-based uh, game, a time-based engine, and also uh, pixel-level cl- collision detection as well. So that there's some challenges in there because a lot of that stuff isn't supported directly by Silverlight as well. Yeah, I was going to say, pixel-level <laughs> collision detection is kind of... Processor yeah, um, if you have a look at the game, though, it uh, it does actually rock. It, it actually does like um, at first it does a boundary check, so it will do yeah, that first, that's easy. and then it drops down to the pixel level uh, detection, and that all happens in the engine. So the silverlight part of it uh, is, is effectively almost like a thin client sitting on top of the engine, just being told where to put uh, where to put the rectangles with the images in them. Does that get the? Do those uh, pixel comparisons get processed on the video card? No, because it's Silverlight, so it, it just happens in yeah. you know in memory basically. Wow! Um, and and for that we've actually got a pixel map of every frame of every <laughs> image. Uh, one's a north scroll right. binary right. back back down to binary. You can do anything in that. Yeah, you do it, and and an XOR. Yeah, if I remember my animation and, correctly, and that's, and that's it. And so the engine manages all that and just tells Silverlight and it's raising events up to uh, my Silverlight layer, which is effectively saying player died, been a collision, or a completed level, picked up key. 
I haven't seen any other games that are kind of like it. There's lots of games, you know, with circles and rectangles, and they're more um, strategy kind of games. But this is actually a well, this is just a very old school kind of you yeah. know Donkey Kong ish side scroller, solve the puzzle, jump over the blocks yeah. kind and of game. Uh, I love those. There's games. eleven levels yeah. in there. Which, which is ages, really. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we download that? It'll be on there. Actually, I've got, I've got a shrinks to link for it. So shrinks to dot com slash twelve i z twelve i z, and yep. or if you get to nextgenerum dot net slash manic miner, and it's uh, now the release to web version. So it's uh, you can play it. And if you register on the site, it will save your high scores as well. Huh. And are you giving away the code on it? I'm giving away the code. Uh, no, we're not not really giving away the code. Not not at the minute. The plan is uh, we're currently doing presentations based around it. So we've done a few of those. Oh, okay. Um, and we, we're going to look at you know writing some more games. We really just wanted to prove what you could do with it. But that's that's not to say we won't sort of let the code out after a while. But uh, it's uh, you know I, I think it just demonstrates what the power of Silverlight. If you're playing it, you can see the performance on it. And in, in the early levels, there's perhaps, you know, six or seven moving items on each frame. But as you get further through, you might have 20 or 30. And what the wow. difference between X and A, because X and A will actually uh, double buffer and just clear and draw everything, every single frame. But Silverlight ground to a halt with that. So the engine maintains a list of items that have changed. And on each frame, I'm effectively iterating through this uh, generic list saying re-render these items. Oh wow, cool! That's cool. Yeah, it's an interesting way of thinking about the problem, and and just uh, and it's all web based. So this is that's the most flash like thing I've seen in quite a while for yeah. Silverlight. I'm actually uh, trying to run it right now on my Mac. Yeah. <laughs> actually, tried to install Silverlight. I think on the Mac you have to restart the Mac. Oh, uh, the dirty Mac. Uh, uh, <laughs> and that is Silverlight 2 you're talking about. Yeah, right? Silverlight 2. I want to just take a minute to uh, bring you a message from our sponsor, Telerik. Our friends at Telerik are working hard as usual to bring you exciting new stuff for your .NET toolbox. How about two brand new control suites, RAD Controls for WPF and RAD Controls for Silverlight. That's right. If you started building next-generation applications... You now have UI components with Telerik quality and Telerik reliability. Both product lines are derived from the same code base and share the same API, so transition is seamless. Uh, they have many improvements in the other robust suites for ASP.NET, AJAX, and Windows Forms also, as well as the intuitive reporting tool. But product alone isn't everything. To jumpstart your projects and help you easily get up to speed with these great tools, Telerik has got a couple of unique training resources the Telerik Interactive Trainer, and Telerik TV, of course, which I'm the host of. Now, that's what I call summer heat. Go check out all the details at Telerik.com, T-E-L-E-R-I-K.com. And if you happen to run into those guys, say thanks for supporting .NET Rocks. So what is it about your user group that makes it so next generation? Well, uh, we, we really gave it a title to, uh, to be future-proof. 
<laughs> because because there's always a next generation, and uh, I do, I do, we didn't want to keep thinking of a new name every every two or three years or refocusing. Oh, and awesome. uh, uh, I didn't actually read some of that stuff which Rich wrote for you at the beginning. And focusing on all Microsoft technologies is a bit of a contradiction in terms, isn't it? Really, but uh, I think I think the sure. fact of the matter is is that you know we both Rich and I thought we met about uh, five years ago now. Uh, you know, we got on very well. We did a few sort of uh, presentations together and uh, we talked about just doing you know, a group where not only do we sort of sit down and actually just you know look and, and, and listen to people but we have we have a lot of fun as well at the same time you know we both sort of have a slightly uh, not let's not treat everything too seriously kind of attitude and uh, it just comes out in the in the group generally and and we we've got a number of uh, different regions around the country but we haven't actively gone to set them up or anything it's just really uh, people who sort of like the sort of the way that we we come across of what they said yeah okay can we do something similar you know and so it's sort of it's this sort of franchise but it's not really you know it's but we sort of say well if you're going to do a, a next gen group then you know you, you need to do a meeting a month we very insist on a, a meeting a month because it generates a buzz it generates an atmosphere you know people know that this month is going to be a meeting um, uh, some some groups you know don't always right. have a meeting in december or oct or august the holiday times but we always have one and we always have a good attendance and uh, yeah, we have. The, and 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 you held your meeting in an airplane. Yes, we, we yeah we did that one. Unfortunately, <laughs> I missed that one. I was actually uh, down on a job uh, in, uh, in down in London way. But yeah, we um well John, uh, who's the, the other sort of co-founder, is actually a qualified pilot. And uh, he uh, okay. uh, uh, next to Coventry, where the Coventry Next Gen are, is actually uh, an aircraft museum. And so uh, we thought, well, why let's just, we had the Microsoft the DPE guys coming up, so let's do something different. So we packed everyone into this. It was the coldest night of the yeah. year. <laughs> it, was, um, oh. it was minus three in there. And uh, we were in this, this oh cargo plane. And um, we put heaters, but John had set them up, and he put one of them on cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some pictures of that. We've got um, some pictures of that, and um, it, it effectively it, it was it was a great meeting. But uh, you got the presenter in in like a coat and a bobble hat and, and gloves presenting. Um, I think I think everyone came out stronger. It's like one of those bonding exercises. Like you got one of those outward bound uh, days. Yes. Come back stronger and better for yeah. it. And yeah. they, they had a great laugh, didn't they? Yeah. Takes it back to the original term of boot camp, doesn't it? Really, I was saying. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Are you are you guys going to put on a code camp or something like that? Do you do code well, camps in the UK? Well, there are some which do. Uh, we, we do sort of stuff like that, sort of, I guess similar. We 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 have um, well, a couple of the guys in uh, Southampton who do run the Southampton Next Gen Group, uh, John and uh, Rich Allen. Um, that's a different John as John McLaughlin. They um, they organise the Silverlight Assault Course again with one of the other guys, and that's like a sort of that's like a day's you know coding and sessions. You got involved in that, Rich, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was sort of yeah. presenting throughout the day. We decided to have. Um, I think it was 20-minute slot, 20-minute presentations rolling throughout the day, uh, of which, you know, you did the session and then the next guy took over. And we also had hands-on labs, but it turned out that nobody went really to the hands-on labs because they just stayed in the sessions all day, So, uh, but uh, wow. which, which was good. You know? That's only because you locked the doors, which you wouldn't let them out, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's why. 
All right, I got to complain about this game here. <laughs> He's playing the game. So, so the left and right th- keys didn't work on the Mac. So then I hit command right, and I found it started moving right, and then it wouldn't stop, and it just walked off screen, and now I yeah, have to well, wait that, for the time that, to go down. That, that's the, uh, I'm done. That, that Thanks the, for playing. Uh, that was the, uh, the Richard Costell uh, Easter egg in there. I think if your username is Carl Franklin, then uh, mess around with a key. Made some Mac on a Tuesday, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I am surprised it comes up on a Mac, yeah. and, you know, I can see the little... Uh, well, it looks like a, a C clamp walking That's around right, yeah. back and forth. No, yeah, we've tried it on. Uh, I tried it in Firefox, but we've never never tried it on a Mac. So uh, we'll have to have a look. Well, you know, now you know the keys don't matter. Yeah, well, there okay. you go. Well, those That's designers fine. are all too busy designing. They, they wouldn't want to wouldn't want to play that game, would they? That's right. <laughs> Maybe if I put a black turtleneck on, it would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you prove it in Lynx as well, Rich? I don't know. Did you do the testing? No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where were we? Yeah, I think we were just, just, just talking about the uh, yeah we were talking about the co camp, weren't we? And uh, yeah. uh, and uh, some some things which uh, the uh, we get up to in the group really. Um, we're trying sort of in, the, the guys who all run the various regions. They're all very you know sort of um, self sufficient in a sense, you know, and, and they 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 sort of. Uh, Got a lot of their own ideas and start a lot of their own ideas. They like the silver light um, assault course. We've got another one in the pipeline for workflow. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the guys are very enthusiastic. Um, everyone's more uh, generalist. I don't think we've got any real heavy specialists, have we, really, in terms of uh, who comes along to the meetings? They all tend to be guys, because these days, like, you know, you know, you've got to sort of know quite a broad brush of uh, technologies. So that's really why we cover it, really. You know, so we used to try and look at everything. So mm-hmm. if people come to the, all the sessions over the year or whatever, um, then you know they'll they'll get a good sort of grounding in a lot of different Microsoft technologies. So you know, everything from SQL through to Silverlight and ASP, and and we threw a few sort of uh, left field ones in every now and again. We don't we like uh, Robotics Studio we've had. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Anything, anything that goes. Anyone who wants to speak and come along and if they've got a good session, we'll, we'll listen to them. Except you, Dave. Yeah. All right. Sorry? So, <laughs> so my next question: What are in in this order? Swaggily fortunes, swaggionaire, and swag phrase. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go. Well, swaggily fortunes. Okay. I think that's probably the, uh, the the flagship game show, isn't it, Rich? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So we we uh, it all started. Back in TechEd uh, 2007, or after two, TechEd 2007, because uh, Rich and myself, we went out there and we did a bit of speaking. And uh, we actually went round all the halls and everything and uh, got a whole bunch of swag, basically. And in fact, uh, it was the most swag we ever had in one go. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually ended up paying 110 euros excess baggage to get this suitcase back from oh. from uh, Barcelona to the UK. Oh I mean, it's only like God. a two-hour flight, you know, and all this blooming baggage. So, uh. yeah, they they reality check. It, it, they were all yeah. yo-yos and stress balls, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It wasn't ah. valuable swag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like when we when we, we we rolled his bag up to the counter, didn't we? Remember this? Yeah, we rolled his bag up to his counter, and uh, there's this cute big queue behind us. So we like first in the queue, and you know you got those uh, the, the, the conveyor belt. So we put this thing on a conveyor belt, and it's like it's collective. 
Ooh, behind us. I don't want to saw them where the scales go up, you know, like, up, went to the scales and like, and, and this woman sort of shook her head and like, oh, that's going to cost a bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to hurt. It's got to. You're anyway, in we, um, Yeah. So we got, uh, uh-huh. we got this bag of swag back. We thought, oh, we're going to do all this. So we have these events in the UK, which are generally organized by the whole UK community, uh, called uh, Developer, Developer, Developer Days. Um, based after a certain rant by uh, you know who, and uh, we uh, we thought, well, let's do a, a tech ed review, but we'll do something different. We we'll do a tech ed review and competition, and uh, what we what we did, we just got, we we filmed a bunch of uh, people at tech ed and asked some questions, and then. We sort of showed these videos to sort of cover some of the stuff which had been happening at TechEd, and 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 then uh, we asked, we got people up in front of the audience and asked them questions, say, uh, "What did so and so answer to this question?" Yeah, and they had to sort of get it right, or if they if they got the question right, if they got the the answer right, they got some swag. Yeah, and if they got the answer wrong, they also got some swag plus some bad swag. Yeah, and they had to, and they had to hold on ah, to it. I was, <laughs> see, we do the same thing. We do we do the same thing. But if they get the question wrong, oh, we give them a new. Right, <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, so, so in the end, they, ended, they, they had these four guys absolutely packed to the gunnels, swaying under this weight of swag at the front, and, and the whole thing went down an absolute storm. Uh, and, and the people loved it. We gave them a warning in the in the title of the session that there is no real useful content here. <laughs> you know, so they, they were prepared for <laughs> you know right. not learning very much. You know. And uh, we thought, oh, well, yeah, this might work doing something else. You know, so we thought, let's just try something else. So we thought, well, let's you know have a look at some of the sort of game shows that are around. And so we just uh, and John has been fantastic, and he's written this whole WPF application, all based around sort of you know sort of popular TV sort of game show. But we've retitled it you know, Swaggly Fortunes and given a few little t- different twists to it. Uh, and so you know, people will get. We've actually put up on our site questions saying, you know, name an application which ships to Windows, you know, name a, a, a browser, and people, you get, you, get, you get up teams of five, so you get guys coming up and you sit them down, or, and girls, and they say, right, you know, name, a, name an internet browser, and they've got to guess the right answers. So these are actual answers which people come onto our site and put to these questions, yeah, and then it all just goes on there, and it's really just a big excuse for handing out swag. Well, we found the same thing is true. Uh, Richard and I have that uh, the best way to hand out swag at the end of a conference is to have a little quiz yeah, yeah. and have some fun. We do a thing called the, the 64-bit question, yeah, which is very that. similar, yeah. it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's great, yeah. So what's bad swag? Yeah, what's the bad uh, swag? Well, That's what I want Dave, Dave will argue this, that there is no such thing as bad swag, but, you know... <laughs> Gone, Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I agree. I mean, there's swag and there's swag, isn't there, really? I mean, I suppose the the ultimate bad swag, I suppose, is, you know, your 30-day evaluation copy of SQL 7. You know, you still find a few of those lying around. Yeah. Don't you? And uh, that's yeah, right. not qualified as bad swag. That's bad. Express edition, yeah. Anything with the word express or, you know. Evaluation on it, you know, it's, you know, it's just crippled it really on water, yeah. so. But uh, well, not just a, not just a crippled, you know, thirty uh, day version, but a thirty day version that's already <laughs> expired. Yeah, right. An old product, <laughs> one you can't even start. Yeah. And then you get it, <laughs> and then you get it home, and it's a URL. You got to download the thing. <laughs> now that's some bad swag, right the, there. Uh, the umbrella. We actually had a complaint through Nick. Oh, yeah. of, a, of a guy who he won an, an umbrella. 
and he said he took it to to Ascot with his wife, and all of a sudden there's a shower came down, and they were all dressed up, and he put up this umbrella and had a huge hole in the middle of it. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, are you trying to use swag? <laughs> the, the sad thing about that was that the guy was a very really nice guy and he he'd got really into the game shows. I think it was one of the MSDN road shows here and we were yeah. doing it was a it was a swag in air which we'll come on in a second. And it's like and that's like a one person game where you can just play it as an individual and he really wanted this umbrella. <laughs> And he, he actually came out of the session early so he could play the game to win it and he's like the last umbrella. And unfortunately these umbrellas have been in the MSDN covered in uh, in red, Microsoft Red Ink for about the last five years and obviously uh, <laughs> the mice had got them or something. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, man. Wow. Didn't he when the next patch was coming out for it? <laughs> <laughs> so he took it in good spirit, really. <laughs> he did, yeah. He was good. He was a good, uh, good guy. So that, that was quite funny, though. But, uh, yeah, and uh, swag, swag in air. Well, that's you know, a play on uh, you know, who wants to be a millionaire. And that's, that's just an individual game right. where we just ask questions. And it's quite nice because you can tailor it. Um, but there's, you know, we don't do it particularly seriously. Like, who's the, uh, you know, who's the chairman of Apple? You know, is it odd job, big jobs, Steve Jobs, or gives the job? You know, I mean, we don't, we don't make it hard. You know, just, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just, uh, you know, just stuff to, just stuff to do, really. And uh, I mean, we've got a few others in the pipeline, haven't we? And uh, we've done um, question of swag, which is a, I don't know if you have question of sport in the in the US, but it's quite a popular uh, TV show in the UK. Uh, and you've got like a picture board where you open up, you know, you pick a number on a, on a, on a, on a window, a bit like a sort of advent calendar and you, you know, the, the, the window opens and you've got something behind it, you've got a name, what's behind it, you've got to identify the picture, which could be a cover of a product or a, you know, a person in the industry or whatever. So, uh, so it's a whole, it's a whole bunch of things which we do. Yeah. We've got swag or no swag as well, which is deal or no deal, but you're playing yeah. on swag. So we've got that. You can, and the, uh, the application will work out roughly where, you know, what combination of swag makes the, the values. So the bank will ring up and say, I'll offer you some socks and a T-shirt. Swag on swag. Um, and then, oh, my God. Uh, and the other one, swag phrase. We haven't covered that one, is it? With a, which, oh, yeah, yeah. Swag phrase. Yeah. Be, um, Windows, Vista, something, and, and, you know, or Windows Explorer, which is a, a picture of an explorer looking out a window, and people have got to guess what the what the Microsoft technology is from that and it reveals square by square that's quite a quite a funny one as well and yeah they're all well, just aimed good. to bring the exhibition hall to life because they can be quite dry can't they so and and by giving away swag we go around the vendors and say have you got any swag for us to give away in a game shows so they get a mention they get pulled into it as well so it it, it brings it it really does bring the exhibition hall into the main part of the conference really so we used to do at Dev Connections at the closing session, we used to do a big Q&A session. And this was all, this was a joke because all the Microsoft people who uh, who is really who all the questions are targeted to have already left, right? And so you're left with the the independent uh, speakers and they're sitting up there and all the questions are like, you know, when's Civil I2 coming out? When's this going to Is this going to have that? And everybody's like, I'm, I've got nothing, you know? Either we know and we can't say or we don't know. And so, uh, you know, uh, to force people to sit through, and then when people actually have do do have real technical questions that somebody has an answer for, the chances of anybody else in the audience having the same question, people like bring their tech support <laughs> yeah, questions, right. right? 
They're like, all right, so I got this uh, collection of objects, and if you can imagine, the the I blow it out your interface, you know, and it takes about twenty minutes, doesn't it? Just, you know, and people are like, come on, dreadful. Yeah, you get you get it all the so, time. Yeah, I've got this, yeah. I've got this problem with my server, and it's who who cares? Right. <laughs> Well, you know, it's great that we can give people yeah. an opportunity to ask questions yeah. and get them answered, but the rest of the thousand yeah. people in the audience are just sort of, you know, they yeah. want to see some action. Yeah. They yeah. want to get Absolutely. some smile. I mean, it's, ultimately, it comes down to, you know, it's one of the big things. We, we sort of build a next generation group on the, on four pillars of, of a foundation. You know, we have meetings, we have speakers, you know, we've got pizza and swag. You know, and they are, that's four. You know, we always ensure every meeting people get swag, you know, even if it's just a local meeting, so... Well, we've actually yeah. got. We've actually think we've perfected the way of giving out swag at meetings because it's like, do you do it on a question? Do you do it on a raffle? We've actually got the uh, the swagometer, and um, <laughs> it it actually randomly <laughs> picks a name from the attendees, and it actually picks the, an item of swag, and it says, you know, so oh, Dave McMahon has won a pair of socks, <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we're just working on that updating the site now. So it actually automatically updates That's the site, great. which updates the swagometer, which we've got on our on our site. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, so swag, swag, swag's important. So. You know, they, they used to use swag at Microsoft. Anytime they were doing a demo of a new operating system and it crashed, then they would throw a T-shirt or something to the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Well, we've had a few accidents with throwing um, swag, so... It can be a dangerous industry we're in, don't you agree? I mean, especially when you go to these conferences and they start lobbing the stuff oh, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite dangerous. I think I recall Ari yeah. Bixhorn using a, a, a cannon to shoot T-shirts one year at Dev Connections, yeah. and uh, they had to put the kibosh on that because somebody actually got knocked out with it with a T-shirt <laughs> in the back. <laughs> Douche, knocked him out. <laughs> we didn't, didn't, it wasn't quite as good as bad as that, but we were in this uh, event in Ireland, and uh, there's quite a few guys from the UK community, and there's a great guy over here, who's, uh, guy, guy Smith Ferrier, who runs uh, the .NET DevNet as a user group based in the West West Country of the UK. And uh, we'll give him a plug, because he's a great guy. If you've got an internationalization <laughs> talk, he probably did it. A what talk? Yeah, so, yeah, if you've got an internationalization oh, talk, he probably wrote it. Anything to do with internationalization, he's, he's a guy. But he, uh, he was throwing out swag in Ireland. We're doing swaggy fortunes out there and, and said, okay, let's, let's, let's get a bit of swag out to the audience. And I said, don't throw the hard stuff though. Oh, yeah. uh, too late. <laughs> this, this, this CD case was already wheeling oh, its way man, through the air. And it's like, guys shouted, duck, you know, and everyone ducked except this one guy and the CD case probably buried itself in his guy's oh, head. Oh, <laughs> man. Do you, know, do you know what? The thing about that was the exact <laughs> second that that a CD case struck his head. Yeah. The guy had a pen and a disclaimer form thrust into his hand. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's why you didn't see the case coming. <laughs> Not to sue. Well, it could have been worse. It could have been a pint of Guinness. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. But it was like... Oh, uh, Tillmore dude. Uh, everyone just says, the collective... Oh! Yeah. This uh, poor bloke... Uh, <laughs> He, he took it very well. Well, he had to, really. Everyone, most people were laughing, really. But uh, it, it, it had to be calmed down a bit after that. So. It's like baseball games in the U.S., right? You could get hit by a mm. ball. If you go to a conference, yeah. it's expected you could be hit by a CD. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. 
We've never looked at it like that, Dave. I'm sure we can base a game show around that. Yeah, yeah. Baseball. Like yeah. Swag baseball. Yeah. You don't need those silly disclaimers. If you get a hit, if you, get a hit you keep it. <laughs> this is, these are reasonable risks. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And uh, yeah, I don't think Xbox will come off too well, but uh, what the heck. <laughs> I don't know. Tossing an Xbox into a crowd of geeks, it, you know, that's something they would have done in Roman times. <laughs> Roman swaggy at racing. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's it's all part of the fun, and uh, I think most people, you know, as you say, Carl, I think you, know, you go to an event, you go to a thing, and you know, I, I personally, I expect to come away with a decent bit of swag. Sure. You know, I mean, you spend the money to go there, especially the delegates. You know, especially going to tech head or whatever. It's a lot of money to go there, and they've got to you know pay the accommodation. It's nice just to walk away with something decent and. Uh, and we, what we try to do is just bring that back to a more local level and say, right, okay, you come to a next-gen user group, you know, chances are you walk away with some swag, you know, at Birmingham, which is the sort of group I run. You know, we always give out at least sort of 10 or 12 bits of swag at each meeting. So, yeah, and so it's great. You know, and people love it. So lest we get through this whole show without talking about anything.net, I know we've talked about so much. <laughs> well, yeah, we've covered uh, the game five minutes <laughs> On your list of things that you'd like to talk about is functional programming. I'm very interested because, you know, this, this our sort of opinion and uh, and uh, perception of all of, of what's going on in the industry seems to change every show when we have somebody on it. So. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear you too. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of coming from that point of view from uh, a bit of a novice, really. Uh, last year at uh, TechEd, uh, I met up with Don Simes at the uh, speaker dinner and we had a bit of a chat. And I also, there's a guy in the UK, Ian Cooper, who's... Um, who runs London uh, .NET user group, and he's a really you know good guy, and he's he's, he's been in something in the old, old .NET area, and he's he said uh, you know he, he tries you know he, he sort of recommended a few books to me, sort of general sort of reading, and I said yeah he's trying to learn a new language every year or something is one of these things you know from one of these sort sure. of uh, books, and I thought well I'll give it a go you know, and so I just sort of went and. I thought I looked around. I'm going to pick the most obscure looking language I can think of. Okay, so I went for Haskell. Okay, so I thought, uh, and I met up with Don Symes at uh, TechEd, and I said, you know, what, what about learning Haskell? Is that useful for this functional program? He said, yeah, that's a good, good basis, you know. So I sort of started learning this uh, right way back last November, and uh, it was really so. It's really almost like you say, it's, you know, you hear a lot about functional programming and you sort of, you know, there's a lot of hype about it. And I was, my, 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 my question really to myself was, why is this important? You know, why is it actually uh, of interest? And what are the uses that, you know, you, you hear saying, well, it's great for concurrency, it's great for this and, you know, great for that. And I think, well, I want to be convinced because, you know, I, I've dealt with, you know, one of my past sort of loves and I suppose still is really is, is XSLT, which is a, is a functional language, albeit domain specific in the, in the XML space. Uh, and SQL to a certain extent have a, has quite a bit of functional, you know, functional programming aspects about it. And I do a lot of SQL as well. Um, and I just want to sort of try and get a grasp of what is this buzz about functional programming? Why are people going on about it? And, um, to be brutally honest, I haven't found out yet. Yeah, because uh, it's like you know, I've got so far, and then other things have happened. But uh, I, I got to the stage of st- starting with F Sharp and uh, uh, and doing a lot of work on Haskell and uh, reading around it. And I think it was good from the point of view that it did actually open my eyes to different ways of doing things and looking at different ways of doing things, especially considering 
solving problems in a you know a recursive fashion and uh, looking at your own code um, and you know looking also at this whole business of, of concurrency and, and my, my aim really was to sort of maybe sit down and maybe write something like a web server in, in Haskell. Whoa. Yeah, never, never got around to it. But I thought, well, that'd be a great use. It was one of those things you think, well, that must be a good use for functional programming. Yeah, it would, yeah, actually. Yeah. Everything, everything's isolated. Yeah, everything can run in its own sort of space yeah. without having to yeah. worry about the state of anything else. It must be a good use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody written a, 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 a web server in Haskell? Done that. Uh, been there. Been there. Yeah. No, I'm just Well, there kidding. we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. You know, think on a, on the functional programming side, but uh, I've started using F Sharp a bit and looking at some of that programming of that. And you, you watch all this stuff, and and then you think, well, I understand what they're trying to say that you know, in terms of managing your overall state, in terms of trying to get your code. Uh, the thing which Eric Meyer was going about with functional programming is this, um, and. Uh, is uh, composition, isn't it? Function composition, yeah, and uh, you know, actually making everything which can break down into into small building blocks, so you can build up more complex systems. And I, I see all that, but then you think, well, if I want to get this job done, you know, I'll just go and write in C sharp or something. Well, I think I think, <laughs> I think I'm Richard and I probably come to a consensus on this yeah. that there are some things that uh, yeah. a functional language really really works out and. You know, look at Link. Yeah, Link. Link does a great job of, uh, you know, of what it does in, in querying against uh, um, objects and databases and XML and all of those kind of things, and it's very functional. But, uh, you know, you wouldn't write necessarily an entire application, and you wouldn't write UI with yeah. Link, you know. Yeah. It's like, so. Yeah, but my, well, you wouldn't write in, you, in Link, but definitely, my, you know, my thinking right now is that I, I strongly suspect we're going to see F Sharp come out as a general purpose language that people are going to try writing everything in it. I don't know that it's a good idea. I just get the sense that that's where people are headed. Yeah, I'm not so sure it's a good well, idea. Well, I think it's, I think you're right because, I mean, I've looked at F-sharp and, and, and done a little, a little bit of some of the tutorials and the basis work. I mean, it's very got a lot of common with, with Haskell. I mean, a lot of you can see where it's come from. But there again, it's almost like it's well, it's functional, but there's, there's like this uber get-out clause that you don't have to write anything functionally. <laughs> So it's like um, you, you kind of wonder it's going to be you know you wonder is everyone everything going to be written in F sharp because it can be yeah uh, and you're going to write programs which might not actually you know suit the language very well yeah, but you're going to try sense. and sort of shoehorn it into there because you, know, you just worry about that sometimes. Yeah, I, tend and, to, uh, I tend to think that the two yeah. will be used simultaneously in the same apps. You'll write yeah. you F sharp assemblies to do the the things that you need to do recursively or multi-threaded or mm. that kind of thing or computationally or yeah. going through large amounts of data. And then uh, you know I think the C sharp VBnet .dot net works just great, and it, we've invested a lot of money and a lot of uh, time in learning how it works, and we've got a lot mm. of code out there. It's not all about to change anytime soon. Mm. I'll be very interested to see what happens, uh, say, in the next versions of the language, uh, sort of C sharp, and uh, in, in terms of the sort of the parallelism, which which is been trying to be coped with. Um, I remember at Remix in the UK last year, we had a fantastic 20-minute session by Simon Payton-Jones from uh, Microsoft Research uh, over here in, in Cambridge, and he was talking about you know, Haskell and functional programming and the idea of uh, transactional uh, programming and transactional uh, memory 
using sort of uh, functional concepts and you know, how you know he's giving us some like sample sort of code to go in C sharp. I mean, it was all you know real sort of prototype prototype stuff. Uh, but you know, you, you could see that you know he's basically trying to sort of merge from the from the trying to solve the multi-threading problem through you know ideas picked up from functional programming and. Uh, I think he's got a paper out on the brutal concurrency, which is based. You know, this his talk was based a bit on that, uh, on that white paper, and it is interesting stuff. Really, really good stuff. And he's a, if anybody gets, you know, knows that Simon Payton Jones is in the area, grab him to come to your user group or something because he's awesome. We had him, what, brilliant what guy. We had him on the show. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Really, really yeah. good. He's a, he's like one of those. You know, you, you, you sit through hours, hour-long sessions, don't you? You just, you just see this twenty-minute blockbuster <laughs> sort of <laughs> presentation. It was just like everyone was like, "Wow!" You know, you know and, and the thing is, everyone understood what you said. He, he put it over so well; it's yeah. very good, yeah. and it was funny and informative. And well, what a guy! Great guy. Hey, I just want to give a shout out real quick to our friends at Data Dynamics who uh, make ActiveReports.net, among other really awesome things. ActiveReports.net is great because uh, it allows you to just build your reports with an easy editor, embed them right in your application, provide PDF and HTML output, give your end users a report editor, royalty-free, of course, a great access report upsizing wizard, and all this for a price that isn't going to break the bank. ActiveReports.net from Data Dynamics. Go check it out now at datadynamics.com. Hey, let's talk about your podcast. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we're not at 394 though yet. Well, <laughs> well, I think this is a case of we are not worthy, <laughs> really, isn't it? I mean, it's just persistence, yeah. guys. Really. <laughs> so, tell us about it. When did you guys start doing this? And um... Ooh, uh, when did we start? Well, we started pretty much when we started the group, which is uh, about uh, a couple of years May just gone, and. I think we'd, we'd actually talk to you guys when you came over to uh, the V-Bug conference a couple of years right. back. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's all about doing part. Yeah, and uh, we thought, well, let's 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 let's, you know, let's give it a go. But we didn't really have a medium particularly in which to sort of you know, publish these things in. So we thought, well, let's just, now and now we've got the group going. Let's 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 do something. So we thought, well, what, what do we do? So uh, I mean, we you know we remember your advice, Carl, of you know getting some good quality microphones. And things like that. So, uh, so what we did, we went down to a computer world and bought a five quid microphone, <laughs> <laughs> Plug, plugged it in the back of my PC at work, and uh, we sat around it, gathered around it like uh, bees around a honey pot, and uh, started started yakking away really. And uh, that, was the, <laughs> that was the first one. And I, we just we just chatted, and that was that was you know it's just gone on from there really. To I actually honest. think and, that uh, having a quiet place to record is as important, or if not more important, than the than the amount of money you spend on the microphone. In fact, the microphone that I use is about a hundred bucks. You yeah, know, and it sounds great, but it's I'm in a booth, you know, and there's no ambient noise, so yeah. Well, we um we sort of messed around with various things because uh, Rich and I, you know, like yourself, uh, and uh, Richard just live you know a way away, a way apart. So, um, we actually sort of uh, a lot of the time we've uh, used Skype, yeah, uh, and we just used uh, the Pamela recorder on Skype, which had a couple of upgrades recently, and it works pretty well. It now works on Vista. Didn't work on Vista for a while. Um, and we use that, and that's that's you know it's it's, it's okay, yeah. It's it's uh, the quality is okay. I mean, you, you get some nights when it ain't so good, but uh, 
it's it's there. It's free. Um, we re- we record. Uh, we can record. You know, we can split the recording so that you know, Rich is on one channel, I'm on the other, and then we, like, I use Audacity to mix it all up. Uh, add in sort of soundtracks and sound effects, and we just do. Yeah. Things every now and again, which make it a little bit different. You know, we quite, we quite often have sound effects, don't we? Whether we're whether we did we did one where we were we didn't go to mix, but we recorded it as if we were at mix, <laughs> and we got a load of slot machines and um, roulette noises, and they were just playing in the background, and we just set the scene that I'd come out of the keynote, and I was full of all this information, but Dave was more concerned on just winning money. <laughs> and the whole show revolved around that. And we had people come and ask us how how was mix. <laughs> <laughs> so you duped them. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. Was it good? Was it good? What was it like there? Yeah, um, yeah no, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, fantastic. Surely, surely you guessed. But uh, yeah, we we do that, and well, yeah, we had some when we actually were at Remix, didn't we? We, we had, the place we had we uh, had Remix it had this huge stairwell which people walking up and down. It sounded like the inside of some sort of yeah. elevator or lighthouse. That's always a problem. So we we pretended we were actually in this lighthouse. And then, so we were sort of sending sort of climb up the stairs as we were interviewing people, and we got to the top, uh, and that was it. And then the next show was the continuation, but it was like we were by the seaside with all the sea, and we're looking at all the ships going by and this sort of thing. So just one thing you can do in situations where you're in a bad room is get the microphone really close to your mouth and turn the gain way down, because so then it'll pick up a lot more of your mouth, you know, your voice, and a lot less yeah. of the the ambience. Yeah, and especially if you're in a crowded room, like we did a we did a recording from a bar in Amst- in Amsterdam recently, and it wasn't yeah. the kind of bar you're thinking of right now. Trust me, that's a shame. But uh, it was yeah, just yeah, yeah, a, you sure. know the yeah. bar at the conference center after after an, after a day, and uh, it was very loud. But just putting the microphone right on your mouth and and turning the yeah. game way down, and it sounds sounds great. You barely hear the background. Yeah. We um we we use uh, a Roland Eddie Roll recorder, sort of a journalistic recorder, yeah. and it, it's it's a great device. It is. uh, it's, uh you know, the quality on it is, is superb, and it's got a very good noise discrimination as well. It seems to know who's meant to be speaking into it, and it seems to somehow sort of blank out, not blank out, but you know, reduce the ambient noise very very well. So that that's something which we use when we're, when we're going around doing. Recordings for, for podcasts, uh, for interviews, and we, we use that all the time. Uh, and uh, you know, quite often the quality of that is actually better than the um, uh, you know the actual recording of the main podcast. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, we I mean we try to you know, get other people involved. We've had other people in the UK community do uh, do interviews for us, and we put those out on the podcast. Uh, my wife actually does the introduction because she can read off a cue card and get everything right first time. It takes me about 10 goes, so she got sick and tired of it and said, give it to me, I'll do it. And <laughs> so, she does, yeah, so she does all the interviews, she does all this, all this, but, you know, this is a next-gen podcast from so-and-so. And, uh, uh, and, it's, uh, and we just use some uh, some music under the Common, Creative Commons uh, license for the for the uh, for the theme tune, so they're not like you, Carl. We can't uh, uh, not 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 talented enough to write our own music, so, yeah. uh, so we're, we are not, we are we are not worthy. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's no big deal. Uh, let's talk about SharePoint. That's the last thing on your list. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my sort of area I've been sort of working on the last couple of years, really. Uh, I mean, I, I think Rich just put it down because I think he felt he was hogging the whole uh, agenda here. And he said, oh, there's Dave. Oh, yeah, he does something about SharePoint. Yeah, so I'll stick that down. Yeah, what, what does Dave do? It took me about 20 minutes to think about what you actually did. <laughs> I am very much a generalist, really. I wouldn't really class myself as a specialist. Any, I mean, any area, Mary, I might be sort of have a deeper knowledge than maybe others. It is this sequel, really, to be honest. I'm a, a, a sequel guy, but. Um I think, I think it's a SharePoint really is the last couple of years we've um, a company I work at Rigian has, uh, has taken on doing some SharePoint stuff and uh, you know it, it's uh, it's an area where I think um, you know I was keen to get into primarily because uh, encouraged by uh, Ted Patterson who uh, is my to be honest my all time top favourite yeah, speaker that's great. and uh, absolutely awesome and. Uh, he's obviously been working in. Cause I, I wonder where Ted had gone because he always used to speak about the old Com Plus and VB, didn't he? And he had those great books out at sort of the turn of the century. And and he, then he went off the uh, he went off the um, the, the radar. I thought, where did he oh, go? He started working. Well, was Ted gone? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he's uh, so he's was got got onto the SharePoint. So I've been to, went to some sessions at TechEd and um, sort of gone onto his site and, and such like. And yeah, SharePoint uh, is. We when you really came into the game was was with um, 2007 and WSS yeah, 3.0. I agree. Uh, we didn't sort of really bother with the the, the previous version particularly, um, uh, pr- primarily because yeah, you know, we, we didn't feel it was flexible enough for what we wanted to do. Um, Origin's really a, a, a custom uh, software house. Uh, we've got into sort of like the old uh, info. Uh, information worker stuff with SharePoint, but we're sort of trying to see it more as a something uh, which is can be a, a user and application development platform. Yeah. You know, we want to actually sort of use it to sort of build custom apps on, not just you know sort of you know collaboration stuff and things like that, and not normal stuff. So it's an area we're looking at. We're, we're very keen on uh, on, on very uh, sort of almost pixel perfect design and things like that, which is quite difficult in SharePoint. Yeah. <laughs> Make do, do with you stuff. guys do uh, kind of photoshoppy design kind of work well we've got um yeah we have our own sort of in-house designer and uh, we've you know we've got uh, you know we, we have done some some quite uh, i'd say you know, pretty good branding it's not something i, I sort of particularly work on myself um I, I, I tend to look more at the uh i've looked at the whole sort of deployment side of it which is you know interesting to say the least you know trying to sort of get stuff out of the development environment into a yeah, you know, uh, the biggest problem we found was that you know, is just trying to get a kind of coherent deployment strategy with the thing, yeah, you know, uh, where you can deal with multiple site collections and 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 have what you you build on a one site collection replicate over all the other site collections, and also you know be able to link your site collections back together because it's not really geared for that at the moment. And I don't know if the next the next version I believe is going to rectify some of this fact that you know if you if you build something in the site collection you've got all these lovely menus then you go and put it across multiple site collections and oh where's all my menus gone like it's all like you know we don't talk to each other or not like that and uh, we we've done a lot of work with well I've, I've written a a cross site collection menu provider and that sort of thing you know, um, such that you, know, you can actually link all your separate site collections together. Other than that, do you have a wish list of features that you'd like to see or improvements? Well, I think in terms of next next version of SharePoint, I think a consistent, uh, uh, well, yeah, a number of things. Really. A consistent approach to um, rendering controls on the uh, and, and, and written controls on the, on the front end. 
because you actually start digging down and some look like they've been written by really good programmers and others look like they've been written by the intern on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, stuff's been embedded in code and other stuff hasn't, and it's just a real mishmash. Um, so coherence. And from the accessibility point of view, it's not particularly good, you know, not, not, not particularly strong point for me, but I know a lot of people on the accessibility side, it, it's, you know, it, it, it really isn't good on that, on that, on that front. Um, I think uh, a consistent also deployment strategy for the additional services like InfoPath, Workflow, you know, you, 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 InfoPath is, you know, is a real, I don't know if you heard the phrase we have in the UK, sometimes a curate's egg is good in places. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's uh, like, it re- I mean, it's some of it is great, but some of it is a terrible. Uh, but the deployment of share of InfoPath is actually very good, I find. You know, actually, when you actually say, I want to deploy and publish it, it creates like a feature in the background and creates you a solution. You can go and deploy it across multiple sites. Workflow, when you design it through uh, the SharePoint designer, it's just terrible. It's just like, you know, it, it does some on-the-fly, you know, com- compilation job. And, like, how on earth am I going to deploy this across multiple site collections? Of course, you can't. So then you've got to go and use Visual Studio to write your workflow to go and deploy it in, on your various sort of site collections. So it's such a mishmash of tools you've got to use to, you know, to deliver, deliver a solution. So a more coherent tool set and something which is more, you know, provides a coherent deployment strategy of your various solutions, and uh, that, that's that's a big that's a big thing for me, really. So, how about the designer, the SharePoint designer? What, what about it? Uh, is it is it good enough? Um, I think in, in terms of its actual design surface um, and, and such like, and its capabilities, I, I think it's, it's pretty good. And I actually do like, you know, the workflow. Um, sort of uh, editor in there and the workflow authoring the tool. I think it's really good, but it's just not deployable. You know what it produces is very hard to deploy across multiple site collections. So I, I think it's pretty good. Um, I don't get to do an awful lot of the design work because I'm completely non front end really. <laughs> I've got, got no real design skills or whatever in that front or you know. And uh, but uh, what I've used of it is very good. And so I do like the workflow designer uh, in there. Um, it does produce, you know, you can produce some pretty good workflows in there, you know, it will do most jobs, but it's just not deployable with any great sense across, you know, multiple sites, and that's just such a drag, really, um, that you've got to sort of revert to going, you know, doing another tool to actually uh, to use that. But um, I'm, I'm, I think it's good. I think it's pretty good. I mean, uh, I wouldn't uh, say I'm an expert on the SharePoint designer, so I'm sure some of some of these listings going, oh, it's crap because of this, or it's great because of that, but... Uh, you know, it's a work, 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 workflow for me really is, is, is a big one, yeah. Gentlemen, uh, I think we're just about out of time. Any final words, call-outs? Well, thanks for having us on, guys. It's been uh, it's been great. Really appreciate the chance to uh, rabbit on about swag for about an hour and maybe interdisperse it with a bit of Donut here and there. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, you know, if you're there and you're listening and you don't go to your local user group, find out where it is and get involved. Yeah, definitely. Because there's so many, again, there's so many technologies we know you just can't keep up. That These meetings will give you a one, two-hour appreciation of yeah. something where you might have to download bits, read a book, uh, do some tutorials, and, and you're still none the wiser. You're going to get that back. And if you start putting back into it, you could be one of the next generation of speakers, which is something that we kind of encourage with next gen. We get our members to do a 10-minute nugget, as we call them, at the start of the uh, start of the evening. And the yeah. rule is it can be anything they want, and it's there their first pitch at uh, 
uh, presenting because this is where the, the next gen sort of speakers can come from. So, Fabulous. Um, you know, get involved in your local community. Yeah, that's a big one for us, really. Yeah, getting, getting, getting out there, and you know, it becomes a little bit like a sort of family affair, if you like, in terms of you know people just get to know each other and get a nice little group of people getting a little regular call, and uh, and so promoting that and those new sort of speakers. Otherwise, you, you know, if the speaker circuit becomes stale, then you know that's when things start to sort of tail off. You can keep injecting new blood into it with new speakers, and that's that's, that's part of the job of community. I think. Sure, really. words have never been spoken. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, gentlemen. Okay. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the flip side. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Plop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website, at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter van.